Good morning, New Beginnings Christian Community Church. My name is Pastor Alfredo Peña, and we are excited that you are worshiping with us this morning. The scripture reading for today is in the book of Matthew, chapter 21, verses 23 to 32. And the title of my sermon is, Yes, Lord, but just not yet. Let us go to the word this morning in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. When he entered the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him while he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? Jesus said to them, I will also ask you one thing, which if you tell me, I will also tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John was from what source? From heaven or from men? And they began reasoning among themselves, saying, if we say from heaven, he will say to us, then why did you not believe him? But if we say from men, we fear the people, for they all regard John as a prophet. And answering Jesus, they said, we do not know. <clears throat> he also said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. But what do you think? A man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, son, go work today in the vineyard. And he answered, I will not. But afterward, he regretted it and went. The man came to the second and said the same thing. And he answered, I will, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? They said the first. Jesus said to them, Truly, I say to you that the tax collectors and prostitutes will get into the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and prostitutes did believe him. And you, seeing this, did not even feel remorse afterward so as to believe him. <clears throat> this is the word of the Lord this morning. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Most living and loving God, we thank you for this day. We thank you, God, for the gift of our faith. And we thank you, God, for the beautiful opportunity that we have today to come together, God, and, and, and dedicate this time of worship. And now, Holy God, to just be ready to hear what your Holy Spirit has to teach us this morning. Open our ears, God, so that we can hear, prepare our hearts and our spirits so that we can receive the message that you have for us today. We pray this in your son's most holy name. Amen. Just a little bit of background here. Um, we continue to study in the book of Matthew. In this particular scripture, Jesus had triumphantly came into Jerusalem and the passage that we know is Palm Sunday. Scripture says that, that he was teaching in the temple and the chief priests and elders um, were up to their old tricks and they tried to trick Jesus by asking him a question. By what authority are you doing these things? Remember, Jesus by this time had also walked in and had cleansed the temple. So, so he had done some things that, you know, were just um, a little harsh um, for them to understand. And so they're questioning um, his authority. Jesus, in his typical way, did not fall for it. And instead answered their question with a question of his own. And then he shared this parable of the two sons. Remember, we learned that when we look at parables, Jesus is trying to teach us something. He's trying to answer a question. There's an important um, point that he needs us to understand. And so here, Jesus is trying to teach us something pretty important. I believe that the, the, the core of this parable is that actions speak louder than words. 
And here Jesus is talking about how Israel in their self-righteousness rejected Jesus. And the tax collectors and the prostitutes accepted him. The ones that knew better, the Israelites, rejected him, while the ones deemed as lost accepted him. The ones that, that knew better rejected him and rejected his teachings, while the sinners followed him. So here we're learning that actions speak louder than words. And that's something that we need to address today in the church. Because there's those of us who know his teachings. We know his authority in his teachings and yet reject him and reject his authority by way of our disobedience. I, I just said something like I'm the pastor here and I'm going to say it again. Listen, you don't want to miss this. There are those of us who know his teachings, who know his authority in his teachings, and yet reject his authority by way of our disobedience. I need to give you a moment to let that sink in, doesn't it? And it's one of those ouch moments that we sometimes have, especially as we have been going through these parables. Let me ask you this. How many of us respond well to authority? You know, I think, I think there are some that do <clears throat> have no problem understanding, you know what, you, you have authority um, to do this. And so, you know, whatever it is that you ask me to do, I'm going to do it. But, and, and sometimes that works when we kind of have to do it, right? Um, for we're at work and, and we're getting paid to follow directions and follow instruction. But, you know, when it comes to other things, um, when it comes to maybe church, um, then it's a different story. You know, it depends on whether we, we like what we're being asked to do and whether it, it doesn't cost too much or is not too inconvenient. And, and, you know, maybe there are some whose first response to authority is just to say no. No, you know, um, because we don't like to be told what to do. Right. Um, we say things like, well, are you asking me or are you telling me? Because that's going to make a difference on how I'm going to respond. If you ask me, then, you know, then you're, you're making me feel like I have a choice. And, and so the choice is mine. But if you're telling me, well, no one tells me what to do. I mean, does that sound familiar? Because that's, that tends to sometimes be how we respond to things. You know, do you know those people whose first reaction is to say no? And the funny thing is that, you know, you know, they're going to say no, but then you know that they're going to um, reconsider and go ahead and do it. But the truth is, we do have those people that say, I will do it when I'm good and ready to do it. And the problem, as we look at this parable today, is that we do that with God. <clears throat> but then there is those on the other side, on the other side of the spectrum that say, yes, Yes, I'll do it. Yes, um, and they're excited about it, but yet don't do it. Do you know anyone like that? We know what to say, when to say it, to whom to say it, but we don't do it. Let me give you an example. You know, we might hear the sermon and say, yes, amen, several times during the sermon. We might tell the pastor, pastor, that was a great sermon, but... We don't apply it in our lives. When we say yes, I'll do it. 
then there are those people that think, oh boy, I'll believe it when I see it. Remember, we're talking about those people who say yes, like we, we saw with the other son, right? The first one said no, but he did it. And then the second son said, yes, I'll do it, but he didn't do it. And then so the question is, do we know, can, maybe we, can we relate to those individuals who say yes, but don't do it? Do we know people who have the reputation that when you hear them say yes, or they're going to be leading this situation, this project or whatever it is, that you say, oh boy, I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> Why? Why do we do that? I don't think it's that we don't care. And I think more specifically, why do we do that with God? Why do we say yes, but then don't do it? And again, I also don't think it's that we don't care. But could it be? And I'm going to go back to last week where we, where we learned that one of the things that we think we, we have the authority to do is to bargain with God. Do we maybe think that, that there is some, some leverage there that we can use with God and that we can actually bargain when God tells us to do something that we can bargain and try to do something different? Maybe, and, and here's something that we have to think about. Could we think that we have much to contribute? Whoa, you are asking for a lot there. Could it, you know, could it be that we, we think we are so gifted? We are so talented. You know, Pastor, you're asking me to do something that I get paid to do. I do this for a living and you want me to do it for free? You know, we might have some people that say, I paid a lot of money for my education and you want me to volunteer? You want me to do it for free? And here it is. Maybe if we think all those things, we A, think we should have a say-so. <laughs> or maybe... Listen, don't, don't, don't dismiss it because this is things that we deal with in the church today. Maybe, other than saying we should have a say-so in, in this, maybe we think God, not pastor, because you're not doing it for, for the pastor or for the church, that you say, God, you should be grateful that I'm willing to do it. <clears throat> I believe that maybe we don't say that, but I believe that sometimes our actions show that. God, I am do you are asking for so much, and I'm gonna say yes, but you should be grateful that I'm willing to do it. Actions speak louder than words. I don't know why we do some of the things that we do. I, I can probably answer on why I do some of the things that I do. But today, the question is, why do we do it? Why is it that actions speak louder than words and we seem to sometimes struggle with that? Here are some dangers that I think we need to look out for. Because again, if we go back to the parable, we have the first son that says, no, I will not do it. Um, and, and yet he does it anyway. And, and let me tell you something. Because so, we see two different models here, right? We see the one that says, yes, um, no, I will not do it, but I'll do it. And then we have the one that says, yes, I'll do it, but he doesn't do it, right? So we have two models that we need to look at here. And I don't know that they're, either one of them is, is a good model <laughs> because, because I don't want you to think 
that that it's okay to to say no and and just do it anyway, right? Because you're going to do it anyway. I mean, I don't want you to start thinking. Well, next time the pastor comes and says, "Hey, will you lead this particular situation or this particular uh, ministry or this particular project?" I don't want you to say, "Well, Scripture says I can say no, Pastor. I'm not going to do it." And then you go ahead and go and you start preparing to do it, right? Uh, so that's not the model that we want to follow here. But then we have the other ones that, again, say yes and don't do it. So we're looking at two different models here. But I want to focus on the second son, the one that says, yes, I will do it, and then doesn't. Now, we don't know why he did that. But here's some things that I think we need to look out for. Good intentions. You know, good intentions are not action. And so, so you have, you know, heard many sayings about good intentions, right? But, but we could say, you know what? His intentions were good and, and, and he just didn't do it. And we need to look out for that. Uh, maybe we say things like, you know, his heart was in the right place. You know, he meant to, to do it. He said yes. And that was his first response. And then somewhere down the line, it just didn't become a priority anymore or he got distracted or whatever it might be. You know, the, the intentions were good. His heart was in the right place, but it still results in no action. Here's another one. I had every plan to do it. I promise you, I set my alarm. I even laid out my clothes. I was ready to get up early and I was ready to go do it. And then stuff happened and I didn't do it. Here's another one that we are so guilty of this one. Listen, we're so guilty of this one. I am still praying about it, Pastor. You know, have you have you um, decided on that? You know that thing that we talked about. Um, when did you decide to do it? And, and and the response is, well, I'm still praying about it, Pastor. And we can hide behind the I'm praying about it, Pastor. We can pray so much that we can stay in a place of inaction. <clears throat> and then here's this one. I said yes, Lord. Yes, I will do it, but just not yet. Let me tell you something. There is a study that was that was made on procrastination. I believe that's what the study was on. And they found that there is a chemical reaction that actually happens in our brains when we make plans. That, that when we make a decision and we make plans, that, that it releases some of those endorphins that make us feel the same way we would feel as if we actually did it. And, and I think this is true because, because think about this. Think of how many times we have said, uh, I'm going to start exercising. I'm going to be disciplined. I'm going to get up early. I'm going to, I'm going to go and I'm going to start exercising and, and I'm going to start on Monday. Monday, I'm going to just get, just go at it, man. I'm just going to be so disciplined uh, on Monday. I'm going to start doing this and it makes us feel good. Because we have a plan. Here's another one. I I will start. I will start. Get, I will get on a diet. <clears throat> I will start. You know, um, making sure that on Monday, no more junk food. I'm going to eat everything that I'm supposed to do. I'm going to eat right. In fact, <clears throat> in fact, I've already even made a grocery list, and we feel good. We feel like we've done something. We have a plan. In fact, if somebody says. Hey, you want to go out to eat next week? You say, no, I can't because I'm on a diet, right? You haven't started. You haven't done anything yet. But the fact that you've already planned it makes us feel 
like we're actually started, like we're actually doing something. You know, and so, so here we say, Monday, I, I will start all these things. And then when we don't, then we get discouraged, right? And, 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 and we say things like, well, you know what? I'm never going to exercise. You know what? I might as well just give up. I'm never going to eat right. I like tacos and tamales too much to try to, to, to eat salads. It's just, it's just not going to happen. And we just get discouraged, right? And then it becomes this never ending cycle. But this is the thing, church, that we do that with God too. We do that spiritually. We say, you know, I'm going to start um, reading my Bible. I'm going to, I have a plan. I'm going to every morning, I'm going to read, you know, a certain number of chapters. I'm going to spend an hour, one hour um, extra every day reading my Bible. On Monday, I'm going to start doing this. You know, we, you know what? I even, I have a bottom Bible. I have my highlighter. I have everything ready so that I can start on Monday and I'm going to be doing this. You know, we say things like, you know, I'm going to start spending an extra hour on, in devotion and prayer. I, I, prayer is so important and I'm going through some difficult things right now that I'm going to just dedicate some time in prayer. And, you know, I've already designated the room. I, I'm calling in my prayer closet and I've, I've put the candles. I've, I have a, a radio in there so that I can listen to some, you know, seething. You know, we, we have a plan and the problem is that, that, that we don't get around to do it. And then the same thing that happened with the diet and exercise is the same thing that happens with studying and prayer. We get discouraged and we get to the place to say, you know what, what's the use? I'm not going to do it. So I said all that to ask you this question. If you could relate to anything that I said earlier, the question is, why do we do that? And do we want to change that? Maybe you are that person that, that you have been told that you already know that when you commit to something, people will tell you, but are you really going to do it? Are you sure? Because, because you know, and maybe you're, maybe you're that person that, that you know, You've known for a while that, that God is calling you to do something and you know that, that this is something you should do or this is something you shouldn't do. And you have just been waiting and waiting. And by somehow we get to a place where we feel comfortable enough to reject his authority by rejecting his teachings. It is an important question that we need to ask today. So the question today is, how do we stop doing that? How do we, do we move from, from being in that situation to being in a place of action, in a place I want to do, I want to make sure that, that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, that I'm walking in my calling. I want to make sure that, that I am being obedient in what God is calling me to do. And so I am so glad that you're asking that question today, because today we're going to learn three life application points that will help us apply these things, that will help us do the ABC one, two, three. And after this sermon, listen to me, listen, after this message, you will no longer be that person that people doubt on whether you're going to do it or not, because your yes will be yes. Three life application points. And let me tell you something. This is 
so important, especially for such a time as this. We are in the middle of a pandemic and, and many of us, you know, kind of feel so anxious about it because, you know, we're having to, to reinvent things. And, and, and can I just tell you something? We don't have to reinvent what we do. We are called to be the church of reconciliation. We are called to go and make disciples. We are called to go and reach the lost. That is what we do. So, so whether it's the middle of a pandemic or whatever it might be, that doesn't change. We still do what we need to do. We still are called to do the same thing that we were called to do in the early 2019. Nothing has changed. We still continue to do what we have been asked to do. We don't have to reinvent that. What we do have to do is we have to figure out new ways to do it. Yes, I get it. But the truth is we can't go back to the way we used to do things. We just cannot. And we just need to accept that and maybe accept that, you know what, this is, this is where this chapter needs to end. And this is where we begin this new way in which, in which God will lead us into how to do it. So we don't have to reinvent what we do. We just have to be obedient to the new ways that God wants to teach us to do it. We, church, are not stuck. I'm, I'm going to say that again. COVID-19 is happening, but that doesn't mean that we as a church are stuck. Because we're not. Nothing says that we're stuck here. What we do have to do is we have to be activated. We have to start doing. We have to start being creative. Listen, our church is full of very creative people. The problem is that we continue to look at the past and we continue to to grieve the past instead of understanding that we're still alive, that we still have a, a purpose in, in our walk and that we still need to do what we need to do and we need to start doing it. So so you we are not stuck. And so so this message is very very important to us because here is the three steps that we need to follow today to to start moving in that right direction and here is the first life application point is just show up you know we're talking about the vineyard here the parable of the vineyard where the the father tells the son i need you to work in the vineyard and 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 today we are hearing god saying i need you to work in my vineyard and 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 it is time for you and i to just show up listen we've already learned that we cannot bargain with god we don't have any leverage and so and this has been you for a while today's the day you need to stop you know because because imagine imagine what's going on when god says i need you to do this and imagine you say you know um god i i hear you but no i don't think so no no in fact i know no However, God, what, what if I do this instead? And, and I think in our minds, we think God is saying, you know what? Why didn't I think of that? That sounds like an excellent idea. You are so right. My ways are not your ways. Your ways are better. Church, listen. God's never going to say that to us. 
In fact, he does say, my ways are not your ways and my thoughts are not your thoughts. But that means that he knows best what is best for us. So the day of us thinking that we can bargain with God, the day that you and I can think that we can say, "Mm, I don't think so, God. But this is what I am willing to do. Take it or leave it. (laughs) Those days are over. So we stop bargaining and today we just show up to the vineyard. Take that first step of action. You've done the planning. You've done the praying. Now is time that you show up. Listen, that gap between doing nothing and doing something, it just starts with that first step. Stop overthinking it. Don't wait until you have the 55 confirmations. Just commit today and God will make a way. You know, let, let me, let me tell you, you know, that sounded good, right? Commit today and God will make a way. <laughs> I like that. You need to write it down. But listen, I'll share my own personal story. And some of you have already heard this. I remember I was at a membership class in, in another church and, and the pastor was asking us to, you know, kind of share um, a little bit about ourselves. And I remember saying, I feel like God has a calling in my life. I feel like like there is something that God wants me to do. I just don't know what it is yet. And, and, and to me, it feels like this is what I was saying. I feel like it's Christmas and I feel like I see my gift under the tree. It's got my name on it. I know it's mine. And, and I feel like I'm, I'm, you know, shaking it up. I'm sizing it up and I'm trying to figure out what it is, but I just don't know yet. And the pastor says, and how long have you been feeling this way? And I said, Hatch Pastor, it's got to be a couple of years now. And he said something that was really um, funny, but it was it was really powerful. He said, my God, Christmas comes once a year. Open that gift already. Just do it. Just, you know, don't go another year with that gift under the tree. You said it's got your name on it. It's time that you open it. And church, let me tell you something. It is time that you and I, we just take that first step of action and just show up. Just say yes. Just send out that email. Schedule that first meeting. Do that, you know, write out that check, whatever it is that that you, that God has been putting in your spirit to do. Today is a day that you just show up and do it. Just show up. Just say yes. Just, just, Start moving in that direction. No more planning. Now you're in the, in the delivery phase of, um, of your, your journey. Start today. You start by saying, I'm going to start now. I'm going to pick up that phone today. I'm going to send that um, information today. I'm going to say yes today and I'm going to start moving forward. And it's going to be exciting. I, I can, I am so excited about this message because I know that some people are going to be finally moving in the direction that they need to move. And I'm just excited about what God is going to do in, in your life through, in our church through your lives as well. Here's a second life application point. Just get started. Show up and get started. In other words, let's go back to the vineyard here. So, so the father says, I need you to go work in the vineyard and, and you and I, we need to just, we need to show up and then we need to just pick up the shovel and we need to start shoveling. 
Just start doing something. Start pruning vines. Start doing something. Whatever you do is better than doing nothing at all. You know, we like invitations, right? Can you imagine? Say, okay, okay, I will show up. And then we show up to the vineyard and then we see everybody working hard and then we go and we sit down and we can watch everybody working really hard, but we're sitting down and because no one has invited us to work yet. Listen, I know I'm talking to some of you out there. Today is the invitation to show up and just start doing. Pick up the shovel. Start doing, make phone calls, send out emails, send out text messages, do something, but do not wait for the invitation because the work is needed. And it's time for you and I to say yes. Now, let me, let me say this. Will you be criticized? Yes. <laughs> Will you realize, um, and, and, and it's okay. It's okay that you be uh, criticized. Will you realize that maybe that thing you tried is not really what you need to be doing? You know, I mean, I, I think about um, if I decided I wanted to join the praise and worship team, um, I think that some people would say, uh, Pastor, this is probably not the one. Um, and that's okay, because the only way we're going to know is if we try. And again, you know, people are going to criticize and, and, and people are going to um, sometimes sh might shred us to pieces. Uh, I was at a conference the other day and it said the loudest boos come from the cheapest seats. And so that will happen. I remember, I think it was John Orberg uh, was sharing a story about after he finished teaching a class, this lady came up to him and said, you know, I don't like the way you teach. And he says, oh, well, I'm sorry to hear that. How do you teach? And she says, oh, I don't, I don't teach. And he says, well, ma'am, with all due respect, I think God likes the way I teach better than the way you don't. And so the truth is um, doing something is better than doing nothing. It is God's plan, not our own plan. You know, I'll be honest with you. I had no plans to be a pastor. That was not in my plans at all. I knew that I wanted to um, get involved in ministry. I thought maybe, you know, I could teach, um, maybe do some counseling, but I, it was never in my plans to be a pastor. But I thank God that, that a, a previous pastor of mine pushed me in that direction. And I'm so glad that he made me realize that it wasn't about my plans and that I couldn't lock myself in to what I wanted. And I needed to allow God to use me in the way that he wanted to use me. And I'm so glad that I said yes. And I am so glad that I am walking in my calling today. And let me tell you something. You will, it will be amazing when we, we get into the, the purpose that God has for us. And, and again, here's, here's another example that, that I want to share with you. And, and again, I'm just going by, by my own testimony, but I knew that when, when I talk about, it, I knew that God had a calling in my life. There was a moment in where I just felt so, such uneasiness. I felt like there was something that was missing that I needed to be doing something that I just couldn't focus. And I, and I knew something was up. And I remember 
Mike and I were talking about it and, and, you know, he was like, could it be this? And I was like, no, could it be this? And I was like, no, I don't think it's that. And we just couldn't figure out what was going on. And then one time I was talking to another, another minister, a friend of mine, and, and I asked her, she's a chaplain and I was doing the scheduling for the preaching at our church. And I said, you know, would you like to be part of the rotation for preaching in the church? And, and she said, this, and this is powerful. She said, if you need me to, I can do it. But I'm already walking in my calling. And when she said that, it was like my ears just opened. Because I realized I couldn't say that. I could say a lot of things. I could say I am working. I could say I am busy doing ministry. I can say I am doing a lot of things. I'm involved in a lot of things. I am going to church, you know, five times a week. I could say a lot of things, but I could not say I was walking in my calling. And when I made the decision to say, yes, Lord, I will answer your call to me. It's almost like the noise just stopped. And it just made sense. The best way that I can explain it is imagine when you're on the road, when you're, when you're driving and you're starting to veer off the road and you start hearing all that noise that your car is making, right? And it's supposed to work that way so they can wake you up in case you're falling asleep. But the moment you get back on track, the noise just stops. So listen, I'm talking, I'm talking to you today. The noise can stop today. You just have to start doing. And I promise you, it would be an amazing, amazing time. And here is the third life application point. Just do it for love. You know, love makes us do some crazy things, doesn't it? I mean, think about it. it you know, we do some crazy things when we're in love. But yeah, we do them because we love, um, you know, and, and we say things like, you know, because I love um, this person or because I love my children, it's all worth it. I don't mind putting the effort. I don't mind putting in the time. Even the difficult times, I would not trade them uh, for anything in the world because it's just worth it. And, and so, so we do whatever it takes. And so... We should do it the same way when God calls us because God loves us. And we should do that. We should do what God's called us because we love him back. And when we fall in love with God, that is what we promote. Listen, it makes a big difference when we are in a place and we feel like it's a task and we feel like it's a responsibility. Have you, have you met those married people? that are just miserable, right? B because they have, for some reason, fallen out of love. But then when we, and those people that are miserable, when, when you tell them, you know, you're thinking of getting married, what are the first thing they say? Don't do it, don't, don't do it, right? Um, but yet, 
when you look at the other people, the ones that are still in love, the ones that have managed to to keep the the fire going, that have managed to to continue to work at their relationship and continue um, to fall in love even more and more every day, then then those people promote that when you when in fact they're the ones that are always trying to set their friends up because they they want the the the, the people that they love to to share to feel the same um, excitement, the same beautiful things that they feel. So when we fall in love with God, that is what we're going to promote. And then we're going to be able to share God, the gospel. We're able to share Christ, not because they're so broken, but because they are so loved. And you know, the other thing that's amazing is when we realize that not only are we loved, but that we were chosen. You know, when you think about your, your spouse, and I'm, I know I'm referencing for those that, that are uh, married, but, but this is important. It's a great, it's a great example. When you think about your spouse and how you love them and then how you chose them, but, but when you think about the fact that they also chose you. And man, that just makes you feel even more special, right? Well, it's the same thing with God. He doesn't just love us unconditionally. He has chosen us for particularly that that he's calling us to do. It's not that he couldn't find anybody else to do it. It's that it is you that he is asking to do. He is choosing you as he has chosen me to do the things that we are called to do. And when you realize how chosen you are and how you were chosen, it, it just changes everything. When I look at my call to pastor this church, I don't see it as uh, I chose this as my responsibility. In fact, I see it as of all the people that it could have chosen, many who are much, who are much more uh, credentialed and, and much more, um, in experience than I am, but yet he chose me. And when I am able to see that and I'm able to accept that, then it doesn't become a responsibility. It becomes a privilege and it is mine. And so church today, I want you to look at that. I want you to remember that you're not being called to go work in the vineyard because there's no one else to do it. He is calling you because he has prepared you. He has equipped you. You have that one thing that that person or those people out there need to be able to connect, need to be able to make this real. He's calling you because you are chosen. So beloved, you have been chosen. You are incredibly and unconditionally loved and you are chosen for such a time as this. So today I invite you to say, yes, Lord, use me now. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Most loving God, Oh, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father God, that you have prepared us through your Holy Spirit to be fertile ground, God, 
that you have prepared us, God, that every word that we heard today, God, was that peace that we needed, God, for, for us to be able to get to that place to say, yes, Lord, use me now. To be able, Father God, to know that, that, that we are, have been chosen and, and what a privilege that is, God. And so, Holy God, I just ask that you continue to use us, continue to move us, continue to make a way, continue to open doors, God, continue to, to uh, make us, God, be, uh, be a creative, God, in the way that we do things, God, and, and allow you to be the way, the, the one that removes the fear, allow you, God, through your Holy Spirit to remove the anxiety, to remove that, that paralysis analysis, God, that sometimes we get into the, the being paralyzed by fear, being paralyzed by, by even, you know, wanting all these confirmations, God, today, God, today we free ourselves, God, of all of those obstacles. And we hear you loud and clear that we do not have to reinvent what you've called us to do. You, um, continue, have not, that has not changed, but today, we thank you that you will make a way, that you will open the door, and that you, Father God, will order our steps to the new, the new way of us doing this ministry, of the new blessings, of the new opportunities, of the new ways, God, in which we're going to expand, we're going to be able to go beyond our structures, God, and be able to reach even more people than we could fathom. And we're excited about that, and we thank you so much for that, and we consider, we declare it as done. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, thank you so much for joining us today. It is our prayer, as it is every week, that this message, that this service was a blessing to you. I invite you to visit our website, nb-ccc.org. Let us know how you are doing. Send us your prayer requests. We want to make sure that we uh, keep you prayed up. And, and, and also, uh, it's your opportunity to look at the activities that we have in our church. We have our Spanish services every Sunday at 9 o'clock in the morning. We have this service, and then we have our children's ministry service immediately after this service. And I promise you, it is an amazing blessing um, to watch. Uh, also, it's an opportunity for you to uh, also look at our Bible study. We have our connection time every Wednesday at 6.30, and then we have our Bible study. If you go to our website, go to our calendar of events, and you'll be able to see how you can join our connection time and our Bible study. And it is also an opportunity for you to go in and give us your love offering and your tithes. Again, church, it is important that we continue to meet our responsibilities, our financial responsibilities, um, even in the midst of this pandemic. And it is important that all of you remain faithful in your giving. We thank you. We love you. We miss you. Um, but we're so excited that we're on this journey together. Today, we say, yes, Lord. God bless you.